Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. Okay, that was our host, Cliff Kelly, an old friend of mine over 40 years. And this is America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner Maison. Today is Saturday, June the 3rd, 2023. And June, as you may know, is LGBTQ Pride Month. So let's keep that in mind. Folks, my name is, I'm the co-host, Ernesto Borges, and uh, I'm an attorney uh, with the law firm of Borges & Wu. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And so today our partner is Josh Protus. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. And he's vice president of public policy and heads the Washington, D.C. office, Maison. Josh coordinates and implements Maison's advocacy, advocacy agenda to strengthen and improve the federal nutrition safety net. Now, today's discussion, Maison's a, a Jewish organization response to hunger, hunger, and that's their response to hunger. So uh, good afternoon, Josh. How are you? Hello, can you hey, hear me? I'm doing, yep, uh, oh. I'm doing great, Ernesto. Uh, so nice to meet you, and thanks so much for having me on. Um, really glad to have a chance to talk about veteran food insecurity, and, and I think a lot of people are surprised um, that we have veterans who struggle with hunger, and it, it's an issue that hasn't gotten as much attention as it should, and um, certainly there's a lot more that can be done, especially on the policy front. Sure. Um, Josh, let me, first of all, let me ask you if I pronounced your name correctly, and did I pronounce, is it Maison or Maison? Or? So you pronounced my name correctly, Josh oh. Protus, and um, the name of the organization is actually Mazon. Mazon. And Mazon is... Okay. Mazon is a Hebrew word. It means nourishment or sustenance. Oh, okay. Great. Very, very appropriate, I might add. Okay, so uh, tell us about Mazon. Um, what exactly do you do? I see this, you know, we need, we need safety nets in this country, of course. And this is our Jew- a Jewish organization uh, that was formed to respond to the hunger that exists. And uh, certainly veterans are included in yeah, that group. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, so Mazon was founded in 1985, and mm-hmm. we're a national organization that brings the American Jewish community voice to anti-hunger policy and advocacy. Mm-hmm. And want to emphasize the policy and advocacy part of that. We know that the Emergency Food Network does critical work to help meet emergency needs, mm-hmm. but all of the charities across the country just simply don't have the capacity to fully address an issue of the magnitude of hunger. I mean, right now, we're talking upwards of 40 million Americans struggle with food insecurity. So Mazon really works mm-hmm. to advocate for protecting and strengthening and improving critical federal and state programs that, that are 
really the, the core of our national response to hunger. Programs like SNAP, the Supplemental right. Nutrition Assistance Program, that serves more than 40 million Americans. Um, whenever there are even small cuts to programs like that, it puts enormous strain on the charitable sector. So, so we lend our voices together with other faith community partners, other anti-hunger partners to really mm-hmm bolster those programs that are so important to low-income Americans. Oh, that's great. And as you said, sometimes uh, these budgets are cut. The, the SNAP program, I think, was in a little danger and uh, recently. And it, I yeah. didn't realize it fits so many people, 40 million, uh, the SNAP program. 40 million. And it, it was even more during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the beauty of a program like SNAP, that it, it, it works the way it was designed to. So when there's increased need, the program participation expands to help meet that need. And and that's why it's so critically important, whether we have natural disasters or economic downturn or uh, particular challenges that people face, uh, SNAP is there to help people put food on the table and not have Mm -hmm. to worry where their next meal is coming from. Now, is that where I see people in line in the supermarkets and they have a link card and all? Is that SNAP there? Is that part of SNAP? Yeah, yeah, so SNAP um, formerly was known as food stamps, mm-hmm. and um, historically it, they literally were stamps that you would redeem at the grocery store. Right. And what the experience was is that many people felt ashamed about redeeming their benefits because mm-hmm. they were judged, um, they were stigmatized, um, they were embarrassed to be sure. seen in the grocery store. So the program has changed, including the name. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's now the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. And benefits are redeemed on an EBT card, an electronic benefit yeah. transfer card, just like a credit card. Sure, uh, that's so much much people, more discreet. <laughs> much yeah. more discreet, and it, you yeah. know, it treats people with dignity, so they right. don't have to feel them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Now, uh, as to as to our veterans, now, what are some of the main issues for veterans? And, and uh, are, is there what population is uh, is com- comprised of the, the veterans? I mean, are ten percent of the homeless people veterans, or five percent, or how many? Yeah, so you, think? you know, when we're talking about <clears throat> veterans and food insecurity, um, people might wonder, well, why is a Jewish response to hunger working in this space? And and we started engaging around issues of military and veteran food insecurity over a decade ago. And it was really in the last uh, Great Recession when we saw an uptick in the number of military families and veterans that were going to food banks Mm -hmm. and started to dig into try to understand why that was. And for veterans in particular, there's an under-participation in programs like SNAP. Mm -hmm. Um, So SNAP is a mandatory entitlement program, meaning that anybody who meets the eligibility criteria can receive those benefits. They're mm-hmm. not taking them away from somebody else. Um, and unfortunately for the veteran population, it's only about one-third of veterans who are eligible for SNAP actually participate. And, and so that's really concerning mm-hmm. because that means two-thirds of veterans who need that help are literally leaving those benefits on the table. Now, now why is that? They're just not informed? They don't know that they might be eligible for it? Or why? It, it, it's a combination of factors. So there's as you said, people who don't know about SNAP mm-hmm. or don't understand that they may be eligible. In the veteran population in particular, there's a lot of pride um, and stigma. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, with military culture, people are trained to 
project strength and mm-hmm. um, and there's unfortunately a reluctance to seek help and, and a concern that they're going to be judged and we find this in the veteran population that there's that added level of stigma mm-hmm. and I think that stigmatization is even increased when we see these political debates around programs like SNAP like we've just mm-hmm. seen around the debt ceiling negotiations right, right. where where there's a judgment about who receives help from SNAP and, and there's kind of a blaming of them. Um, and, and so that makes it harder for veterans who need that help to step forward and seek it. Yeah. You know, I maybe they should set up some type of program where a veteran has a, a different kind of a card, a veteran's card that, that he could use. You know, I remember people in line with the food stamps and so forth, and, uh, and then people come in line sometimes and they try to sell you food stamps or what have you. Um, but I think it's 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 you, you don't know you know you see the person in front of you and they look great and, and then they pull out a debit card or one of these uh, snap cards. But I think that's um, I, I what can you do to, to to address that with the veterans? What can we do? I mean, can we um, advertise it, promote it? Should the VA send out notices or something? What what do you think? Because I get a lot of letters. I you know I'm a, a veteran yeah. of course and a Vietnam veteran. And I get benefits, um, and, and I get letters constantly. And I think they're they're very much on it. They send you a lot of uh, notifications for your health appointment, your doctor's appointments, and so forth. Should we send something out to the veterans? Do you think regarding that? So definitely raising awareness yeah. about the benefits that are available for veterans. Uh, Mazan's working with some uh, veteran service organizational partners on a PSA campaign just mm-hmm. to normalize the idea that SNAP is there to help veterans. Mm-hmm. So working with Combined Arms and Psych mm-hmm. Armor Institute on that, we also developed uh, an online training course for uh, service providers who may work with veterans just mm-hmm. to, to make them more familiar with what food insecurity looks right. like for the veteran population. Right. Um, and the VA certainly has a role to play too, but sure. One one of the most powerful things, I think, is is a peer-to-peer outreach. And and there's certainly a lot more that needs to be done in terms of veteran outreach. But what seems to be most impactful is when that outreach is done by another veteran. Mm. Word of mouth. (laughs) Word Word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So now you are working, though, with government. First of all, let me ask you, does Maison, you supplement... Uh, are you like uh, you supplement and give people? How does that work? Um, your contribution that you're making to these programs? Yeah, so we actually don't do direct service I work see. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a partnership grant making organization, so we provide support to some direct service agencies. Again, not supporting the work that they're doing in terms mm-hmm. of giving out food, but we're building their capacity as advocates. So, so our work really is in trying to improve public policy and doing that advocacy and, and building coalitions of advocates to, to fight for improving these programs. Okay, great. So you're working with government players and, and the VA. Um, yeah. What can um, Congress do? I mean, are there laws that they should pass or... Um, you know, and what about the, the the nonprofit area? You've mentioned some of that, and some of the um, some of the organizations that are Ilya mm-hmm. uh, Masoneri or what have you that are uh, helping with this problem. But uh, military families, what do you think that uh, military people suffer a bit more, or they? You say they're a bit more reluctant to take advantage of some of the things they have. Do they need yeah. mental care? Do you think, or some kind of 
Are there, are there a special group of certain things that are particular about veterans as opposed to other, um, you know, hungry people or homeless people? Uh, yeah, I, I think that there are. So um, to the first part of your question, I, I think Mazon's approach is really about centering government responsibility. And certainly mm-hmm. when we're talking about the veteran population, people who we've asked to make great sacrifices to our country. Sure. It really is the responsibility of the government to take care of them and to fulfill our collective responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of legislation before Congress, there are some bills now that would help improve access to programs like SNAP for Veterans. Uh, Congresswoman Johanna Hayes from Connecticut has introduced a bill that would change the VA disability rating that would uh, be mm-hmm. treated, uh, that would qualify for an individual be, to be treated as disabled under SNAP law. So that would make it easier for disabled veterans. Um, on, during the course of the pandemic, we saw some flexibilities that the VA had in programs that serve homeless veterans. And unfortunately, those have expired recently. Yeah. But we saw how impactful they were to be able to purchase food and to provide transportation. And those authorities have now been allowed to lapse. And so restoring those would be a critical way to provide supports for for homeless veterans in particular. For military families, and it's pretty shocking that active duty military families Mm -hmm. struggle with food security at rates higher than the general population. Yeah, I think part of it is because of the unique challenges of military life, where people are PCS moving, they're moving every two to three years, and there are exceptionally high rates of spousal unemployment. So you have for junior enlisted personnel, PCFs, P, uh, a permanent, P- change, permanent change of station. Oh, so okay. when, right. when they're when they're moving, um, you know, they have to, to reset and, and start mm. things over again. But it also makes it harder for military spouses to find uh, full-time work and and work that's aligned with their training. So, unfortunately, um, for a lot of these junior enlisted households, um, they're struggling and sometimes living very close to the poverty line just on on the base pay of of a single individual, but they're supporting a household. And so Mazon has really led the national charge in trying to make some reforms to make it easier for active duty families to qualify both for SNAP and for a new program that we helped to author the Military Family Basic Needs Allowance. There's there's a lot that Congress can do. A lot that's going on. And it's good that you have some advocates in the the House and in the Senate. Uh, My brother worked for the VA for 19 years as a physician, and he headed up the data integration um, of of all the clinics and and private hospitals and so forth. Uh, Just retired last June. But, um, you know, I, I remember going and I couldn't get any kind of benefits. Uh, they wouldn't, wouldn't give me an aspirin. And that changed a bit. And now I'm 100% disabled vet and I don't get any, any food, food uh, provisions. But, they, you know, some people have to spend money doing other things because the VA doesn't take care of them, say, in the yep. medical area. In order to get dental work, you have to have 100% disability to have, to have your teeth cleaned. Uh, which yep. you might have to spend money to have that done as opposed to buying food and providing. So veterans are in a very unique position and certainly uh, wonderful what you are doing. And, um, you know, when you talk about the lessons that we've learned during COVID, that kind of lets us know that, um, you know, a situation like that hits us and hits our population. It affects all of us. 
uh, even people in the military or people yeah. who just gotten out of the military. So it, it's, uh, yeah, we need to prepare for <laughs> contingencies like that. Yeah, we, we, we do. And as you noted, there are a lot of veterans, the majority of veterans, who do not receive care or services through the VA system. So it's important that we don't let them fall through the cracks. And yeah. I will say that the VA has really stepped up its efforts um, in terms of outreach and service uh, provision. Mm-hmm. There's a new office of uh, veteran food security um, nationally at the VA. So that's mm-hmm. a, a huge step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the VA is not in this alone. So there are other agencies whether it's the U.S. Department of Agriculture that administers mm-hmm. SNAP or it's HUD that deals with housing vouchers, um, there needs to be that kind of oh. collaboration across, across agencies. But also, as you said, veteran service organizations and, and sure. community groups to reach veterans who aren't in the VA system. Right. And as you mentioned, some of those other groups, there needs to be some coordination, as you say, collaboration amongst those various groups because sometimes one doesn't know what the other is doing. And uh, that that's unfortunate. It's just it's like uh, you think the FBI knows what the CIA is doing or you, th- you think one <laughs> sheriff knows what the police are doing. What everybody's doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there should be some kind of uh, coordination in that regard because otherwise people get left behind and uh, yep. get ignored. But I don't know what, what we could do. You know, we, our show here, we try to uh, put the word out there so that uh, veterans are aware of various programs that, uh, so you're in Washington, D.C., that's correct? Or you run the... I'm based in, I'm in Washington, D.C., uh, our organization based in Los Angeles. And, oh, I see. You know, one resource, happy to share with listeners on our website, we have a page on resources about veteran food insecurity. So if you go to uh, mazon.org mm-hmm. backslash veterans so it's m-a-z-o-n dot o-r-g backslash veterans uh we've got a landing page with information including uh links to how you can find food resources in your community whether that's the state or county snap office or it's finding food pantries in in your community um I, i think the biggest thing we can do is really help raise awareness about the resources that are out there for veterans and to normalize the idea that a veteran doesn't have to feel ashamed if they need a little extra help. And sure. in fact, it's better that they get that help and that they can meet their nutritional needs because in the long run, that's going to help ensure better health and better long-term outcomes. So we, yeah. we want to make sure that people get the food they need. That's just a basic human right. And there's no reason anybody, and especially veterans, should go hungry. Yeah. And, and it makes for a happier soldier uh, or Marine or Air Force, what have you. Yeah. But, um, you know, because it's it's tough. I don't know how much uh, these, uh, you know, these junior uh, NCOs or, or uh, you know, PFC is making, but it, it has to be tough. You could be living on base and your wife doesn't, you know, what's she going to do, be a cashier or here or there and you move around? It's hard getting a, a good job and there should be consideration for all that. Um, it's... It, it's tough out here. People think that um, uh, veterans are okay because they live on an army base or they can yeah. go to the PX or whatever. But um, they want to do more than that, and it's uh, it's tough. You know, maybe they should have, as as to food, it seems as if they should consolidate something. Maybe there should be some legislation to consolidate this so that um, you don't have to go here and there and, and various organizations to get, you know, to get 
food stamps or SNAP or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and want to give a shout out. Uh, I know you're Chicago based, so yeah. Senator Tam has just been a great champion on this issue. And which senator? With, uh, senator Duckworth. Oh, Duckworth. Uh, Tammy yeah, Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. Oh, and, yeah. Well, she's a great veteran, that's for sure. And uh, we worked with her to help to craft the proposal for the military family basic needs allowance. And in some ways, that really is kind of a central point where mm-hmm. service members who are low income can get some extra. Uh, boost to their income to help meet their basic needs. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, it's good to know that there are people on the case, and thank you so much. Um, we have one minute left. Okay, we're. I understand. Uh, well, we want to thank you very much, and uh, Mayzone. And you know, if you need to go on that website again, it's Mayzone m a z o n e dot org backslash veterans, right? And you get a lot of information. Uh, M-A-Z-O-N. Uh, no oh, E at the oh, end. No so E at the end. end. Okay. I yeah. just I wrote that because I pronounced it that way, but dot org. Okay. Well, yeah. Josh, uh, this is Josh Protus, and uh, he is the with the Jewish organization, Maison, and he's the vice president of public affairs out in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for, um, you know, being on our show today. Appreciate it. Uh, folks, thank you, Ernesto. Thank you for your service. Right. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, Stay tuned, folks, for America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Don't change the station. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.